Get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Okay, I don't know. Whatever it is, it's not right on a teleprompter. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that. Okay. Yeah, I can't read it. There's no, there's no words on it. Sure. There's yeah. no words there. I can't do it. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. In five, four, three. Welcome to season six, episode fifteen of Let's Go Blues Radio. The uh, three of us are live on Wednesday, January 31st, 2018. This is franchise episode number 118 all time. My name is Kurt Price. My Twitter handle is at Kurt Price. My co-hosts tonight are Bill Day, and his Twitter handle is at Billy Blue Note. And the Rich and Connected Jeff Ponder, and his Twitter handle is at jponder94. Not jponder, which is some guy named Josh, which... Yeah, lo- loyal listener Josh Ponder, uh, not of St. Louis. Right. But continues to tag him in posts. Yeah, I, I, by, I've done that a few times by accident. I'm sorry. Sorry, Josh. Uh, if you want to send. I know Josh is listening. <laughs> of course he is. If you want to send the show a tweet, send it to at LGB Radio and we will read it on the air. Uh, if you'd like to join us on the air to talk some of the blues hockeys, go to letsgoblues.com slash radio and click on the join button later on in the show, uh, and we will let you know when that is available. Guys, unfortunately, there is no points takeover on our show tonight. Are you disappointed? Um, slightly not at all. <laughs> that The uh, blues game last night uh, that we three attended... Uh, there was a point takeover that um, I don't I don't think went over very well myself, but it was kind of a, a weird thing. But yeah, I mean I don't know um, I don't know if there are a bunch of uh, Riz Show fans out there. I personally do not listen to uh, to the show. Um, don't listen to a whole lot of uh, radio uh, actually. Um, but uh, yeah, I I don't know. I it's don't, the Rizzo, the Rizzuto show. Is that what yeah, it is? The Rizzuto yes. show. I, I I'm pretty sure they're they're syndicated out beyond St. Louis now. Really? But, uh, okay. Uh, so in St. Louis is 105.7 The Point and and uh, their uh, morning show. I guess it's their morning show. Is it morning show or afternoon? When is it? What time is morning, it? Morning. Okay. Yeah, I, I listen. I actually am a listener. Okay. I do like the the, the Rizzuto show. Um, that's where the Patrico guy comes from. If you've ever been to a game in the last two years. <clears throat> Um, I like Rizzuto and I like Jeff Burton, who is, uh, I've always been a loyal blues fan and, you know, he used to have the show, uh, Jeff and Tom, Jeff, Trish and Tom. And, uh, those two were great. Um, eh, other guys, not, not a, I think Patrico is a nice human being as I've met him. <laughs> uh, not awful on the radio, but, uh, cannot, I'll just, you know, I'll just say this. Former co-host of this show, Jeff Queeran, tweeted me earlier tonight, says, I am so over the Patrico experiment. Yeah. I think a lot of us can agree with that. Yeah. I don't, I don't, the, the whole hype man thing is not even... It's, it's weird. Not, it's, not, it's, it's weird. It's not necessary. You know, it's not at all. 
we don't need some guy telling us when to get excited. I mean, we, <laughs> you have audio recordings for that. You have Angela for that. And you have a hockey game going on. People know when to get excited. So, yeah, the, the morning show, the Rizzuto show, uh, kind of, quote, took over um, the uh, the fan entertainment, I guess, uh, with, the, with the fan contests and the, the uh, on-the-ice uh, entertainment in between periods. Um, yeah, I was just kind of bored with it myself, but whatever. Tweet his own. I thought it was I thought it was okay, but uh, for what people I, like you, it's just a weird thing because you don't know any of these people. You well, don't listen to the show. I guess so. And if I, I was okay, but I would say probably don't need to do that again, Blues. My 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 problem with it was is that they didn't. All they did was replace the the existing people that did the bits and, and entertainment uh, segments and things, they, they just replaced them with the Rizzuto show guys. And they, I, I don't, I didn't think they did anything unique to them at all. I mean, they did, I guess they did the uh, uh, on ice, the slingshot game. Those guys did. But yeah. other than that, I was like, I just, it, it wasn't anything. Oh, Hey, the Rizzuto show is taking over the point takeover. Let's do something different. No, there's the same stuff that is always done. I don't know. I didn't. Uh, I thought it was kind of a, a backhanded thing that because I, I believe it was Rizzuto that announced the Blues on the ice. Which I'm sorry, I'm not a fan of that. Tom Calhoun has done it for yeah forever, you know. And it was just what is this? You know, we need. I'm sorry, like he's a staple in Blues games. And then to be quite honest, the the cold shoulder they gave to Angela. I know they gave her tickets to still go to the game, but again, she's been there since what 07. And I think she does a pretty good job, better than the guy they had. What was that? Uh, Tom Thompson. No, the, the guy that does the Cardinals games. Yeah, it drove me nuts. Yeah, and he, I thought Angela's I, been. I a can't stand him at the Cardinals air. games. She's yeah. been a loyal host. She's been fun, and uh, I don't know. I, I could tell by a couple of her tweets that she was not happy. How uh, she was basically told to sit that one out. Yeah, and I think uh, she didn't have tickets until. I think she asked for him online. <laughs> yeah, she tweeted out, anybody who wants to take me to the game, that'd be great. And I guess the Blues kind of saw a PR opportunity and, and gave her one, or gave her two, I think. But, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm probably more upset. I'm, I'm more upset about the, well, I, that's, like you said, a cold shoulder to her. That, was, that wasn't that was cool. And uh, the Tom Calhoun thing just pissed me off. I, the, other, I was, the other stuff was kind of annoyed by, but the Tom Calhoun thing was just, yeah, that's not cool. He's He is, I mean... That might be the first time he has not introduced the players onto the ice in decades. Yeah, that, it it kind of it made me shiver. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, you know, I've been going to games since I was seven years old, and I'm fairly certain he's been there since I started going to games, and he's been the announcer every game. Yeah, yeah. I remember going to an ice storm game, and I think it was '07, and there was maybe 600 people at the game. And uh, a lot of their, I don't, I, I think Angela was there, but you could tell that even the staff was bare, but Tom Calhoun was still there. It's just, he's a staple with blues games. It's not a blues game to me if he's not doing the stuff he does every game. I was so nervous that he wasn't going to call the goals. Thank God he did, because I'm not going to lie. If he wasn't calling them, I think my night would have been ruined. Yeah. What's the, uh, what's his streak now? It's we well we had him on a couple of years ago and it was uh for that for his like anniversary. Yeah. Uh that was it was twenty it was thirty years? 
20 some years? It was I think it had was it 20? 20 2025. Yeah, it but, was yeah, he hadn't missed a game in 20 whatever years. Yeah, it, it, yeah, so so of course, you know, friend of the show Tom Calhoun were were going to lament him not uh not partaking in his uh yeah. in, in the ritual. Um And he's such a nice guy too. Yeah. He's such an awesomely nice guy and he would never say a bad word about any of it. But you know it had to I mean, I would imagine it would it rubbed him the wrong way too. It doesn't make any sense. Let's, let's All the stuff is. It. It's obvious. It's obvious that he's a friend of the show because he did our intro. Uh, we're not just doing this because he did the intro for us, and we consider him a friend of the show. I remember when Kurt messaged both Bill and I and said, "Hey guys, what do you think about Tom Calhoun doing the open?" Bill and I were ecstatic. We're like, "Yes, please, that guy's fantastic." So, yeah, we're gonna have his back in every situation. Yeah. So and uh, he invited Bill and I down to just to and talk with him. I, I mentioned we're gonna, the penalty yeah, box. Yeah, that we we're going to be at the game, and he said, "Come on down the penalty box, and we'll we'll talk before the game." And we we chatted with him for a while. He didn't have to do that. I didn't ask him to do that. He just invited us down there. It was fantastic. So super nice guy, and I it just yeah like with him and with Angela and just kind of I don't know I don't know. Just a weird night. It's a weird. It was a weird thing to do, and it and they didn't and it'd be different if it was oh my god. You know, the point did a fantastic job. Lots of cool stuff, different things, a, a cool take on their night. No, it wasn't that way. So if you're going to do something like that, do something different and cool, and they just didn't. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll point out, like I said, that that I I thought it was okay as a fan of the show. But if you were to ask mm-hmm. me, hey, would you rather we had a point takeover or just had the same people do the same stuff and just kind of had them featured throughout the show or throughout the night, randomly i'd probably take the latter uh so our official beers of episode number 118 bill i'll go first oh, oh bill will go first. No. no no you go first jeff go right ahead we'll go out of order yeah um I, I know how much you like just to like the riz takeover this, <laughs> i try to i try to throw you off as much as i possibly can um, I'm going to go uh, with one that I've actually never had before, and I've had a couple sips pretty good. It's the uh, uh, Trouble Brewing Red Flag Amber Ale with Honey Added. Uh, if you're watching, you can see it right there on my screen. Uh, I believe it's based somewhere in Colorado. As I was saying before the show started, this might be the first show with a maybe one exception that I did not drink a St. Louis beer. So this is uh, very interesting for me. It's a stepping into new waters here. Uh, it's pretty good. Um, it's uh, it, it's a, a light beer, I think. I mean, it, it, I don't know what to think of it. <laughs> I'll be honest <laughs> with you. I think it's okay. It's pretty good. Um, the more I drink it, the more I like it. So uh, that's a lot of beers. Like um, they, yeah, I mean, that's true. My first sip, I wasn't a fan, but I've had about four or five now. It's pretty good. It, I mean, it, you can taste the honey. Um, you know, it, it's it's a pretty good light beer, I guess, but uh, I'll, I'll give you more of a verdict after I've drinking the whole thing. Okay. Good. <clears throat> Bill? So my, my beer of the show, as I tweeted out, uh, is uh, Old Chubb Scotch Ale by uh, Oscar Blues. Um. It's a uh, big fan of Scotch Ale. I had the uh, the that uh, single malt Scotch Ale uh, Schlafly a couple of weeks ago, um, and that's that's a you know a, definitely a sipping beer. 
this probably should be, but I like it a lot, so I tend to pound it. And yeah, it's it's really good. Uh, very uh, very nice uh, malty, uh, warm kind of beer for this kind of year, this time of year, I should say. Um, I also have a beer for this time of year, and uh, since uh, I I do have a local St. Louis beer. So I'll I'll fill the uh, lack of a St. Louis beer tonight. Um, it is Absence of Light from uh, Four Hands, which I've had on the show before. Uh, this is one of my favorites. I love this beer. Um, usually, if I go out this time of year, that's you know this is it's, it's in season, so I will get it when I can. Um, it's a peanut butter chocolate stout, and you can taste it. So it's uh, uh. The, absence of the, the bottle says, Absence of Light is a milk stout brewed with peanut butter, chocolate malt, dominates the grain bill, and backed up by a combination of caramel malts and roasted barley. Uh, overall, this uh, gives the beer a very rich, complex flavor with notes of chocolate and coffee. This is topped off with a layer of creamy peanut butter and a slightly sweet finish. Pairings, dessert. So in my pairing tonight for this beer is a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. With Reese's pieces in the middle. So, oh wow! Yeah. You're you took it to the next level. I, I did. I did. I, I did. No, no standard peanut butter cup tonight, uh, which is which is delicious. But we're going with the Reese's pieces in the middle tonight. So that's I feel that's like my that's pairing. Triple dipping in peanut butter and chocolate. <sighs> right. That's right. Uh, peanut butter chocolate beer. Peanut butter chocolate. Well, triple, like double. Man, I'd say triple because you, you got Reese's pieces in the middle of your peanut butter cup. Yeah, that's true. But Reese's pieces are just uh, peanut butter. As I chew in the microphone. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, good job there, host. No problem. I don't care. It's good. Listeners be jealous. So yeah. yeah. And if uh, Reese's would like to sponsor Let's Go Blues <laughs> Radio, you can email us at radio at letsgoblues.com. or Four Hands as well. We love Four Hands. Or or trouble brewing, even though I've not given you a great reception yet. You know the good old days when Tim Hortons was still in town. Yeah, Tim Hortons gave, gave us some donuts, some uh, yeah, some uh, Timbits for Bill and I to eat on the air. That was that was a good time. So that's the that's the standard that we've set now on this show. So if you mm-hmm. want to, yeah, give us free swag <laughs> and then <laughs> get out of town. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> come back, Tim Hortons, please. Eventually, they'll come back eventually. I- I don't even want to talk about it. I, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> uh, today today in Blues History, courtesy of the at STL Blues History Twitter account, January 31st, uh, 1998, 20 years ago today, the St. Louis Blues debuted in New Jersey, designed in part by at Woody STL, uh, which is a Twitter account, uh, players and fans that would replace the clown jersey uh, on January 31st, 1998. So... Comments by Kelly Chase, uh, Tony Twist, and Brad Hall in the newspaper clipping they have posted here is kind of funny. This is uh, who is this? Kelly Chase. You mean we don't? You mean we didn't look like Ronald McDonald on skates? Uh, asked uh, winger Kelly Chase after removing his new sweater. <laughs> Outstanding, poetic. This is the first of many wins left in those jerseys. So, Twist said uh, we look like a hockey team. <laughs> Uh, I like what Hull said. Anybody who says he likes the old uniforms is colorblind. <laughs> yeah, yep. Or they like going to the circus. You know what's funny about that is that uh, the last night there were a lot of there were some of the clown jerseys at the arena and a lot of stuff on, on social media. People posting their jersey, oh I'm wearing this tonight. 
Um, and people will say, oh, I lost my favorite sweater. It's my favorite jersey of all time. I love that sweater. It's like, you are <laughs> idiotic. It's just, it's got to just be because of nostalgia, right? It has maybe to be. Time frame maybe they, off. maybe that was the jersey they, the team wore when they first got into watching the Blues. I don't know, but yeah. still, it, yeah. I, you can't, you cannot say that's a good design. Nostalgic-wise, okay, but. Yeah, I mean, for for somebody like me, you know, started going to games in, you know, as a three-year-old in 79, um, it's hard for me, and I guess this is just because I'm old now. But it's hard for me to be nostalgic about the 90s, uh, just awful sweater. The only good thing is that they didn't go with that god-awful third jersey um, that uh, I... Which, yeah, which would have been... Anytime the, uh, the clown jersey comes out. Yeah, the trumpets, yeah. trumpeting. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, that, those... Uh, yeah, that uh, that would have been par for the course for third jerseys for that era, though, because the Kings had an awful one, the Ducks had an awful one, but same style. Yeah, the Ducks shooting the, through the ice and the the and Burger the King, King. With, the, with the gradient sash on it. Yeah. Oh God, it was terrible. Yeah, the, the Burger King. Yeah. yeah. So, <clears throat> anyhow, uh, today in Blues history, 1996. Dale Howardchuck of the Blues became the 23rd NHL player to score 500 goals uh, against Toronto. Uh, the best thing is he did it with his grandma in attendance. Uh, Keenan had scratched Howardchuck in Buffalo early in the season when his grandma was there. And uh, Brett Hall uh, was pissed about that, outspoken about that. You remember that? When Howardchuck was benched and his grandma was in the stands, came out to see him, and uh, Keenan benched him. Knew that his grandma was going to be in the stands and benched him to prove a point. Benched him to be Mike Keenan. Yeah. And Paul was pissed. He still is. He talks about it. Uh, you hear him talk about interviews nowadays. And he's pissed. Um, you, know what I would, you know what I'd love to do? I would, I, if I had a couple million dollars, I would get Mike Keenan wherever he's at in the world now because he was fired from his team in China or wherever he was. KHL, coaching. right? I, yeah, I would love to to pay Mike Keenan to come out to my house, and then pay Brett Hall to come to my house, and and literally tell that like pull a sitcom moment, and be like, hey uh, Mike, just so you know, Brett Hall's gonna be there too. He wants to apologize to you, and then tell Brett Hall, hey Mike Keenan's come to my house. He wants to apologize to you, <laughs> and just see what happens. Yeah. Uh-huh. That would be oh gold. That would be gold, Jerry. It's gold. You know the uh, the the paper on the bottom of the Reese's peanut butter cup. Whenever you peel off the cup itself, it leaves that little dot of chocolate on the on the paper. I'm gonna look that off right now. <laughs> Thank you for the play-by-play. It's delicious. It's good. Well, it's bonus content for bo- our uh, YouTube <laughs> viewers. It's 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 like um it's like a cheese or a, what cheese paper paper cheese. What do you call it? Uh, the the cheese stuck to the paper on a, like a Big Mac, the wrapping. Yeah, yeah, same same concept, same idea. It's good. Che- cheese paper. Cheese paper. Yes. <clears throat> paper cheese would be stupid. <laughs> uh, 1971, January 31st, 1971. St. Louis Blues television broadcast was interrupted due to the Apollo moon launching. Uh, a good thing too, because the Blues lost six to nothing to the Boston Bruins. <sighs> Terrible. 
let, let me ask you this question. Let's uh, let's just say you're watching Blues Bruins tomorrow night, mm-hmm. and uh, all of a sudden uh, they cut in and they say, "Oh, uh, we're actually going to leave the Blues game because there's a uh, there's a, a another moon landing. We're going to watch the moon landing." <clears throat> How angry would you be? What if it was Mars? Because this was like the first time in history for the moon. So. Okay. All right. How about Mars? Oh, wait. No, that, that wasn't. Was 71? 71 wasn't the first time they went on the moon. No, 69. Yeah. So time. this was this was different. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah so this no, wasn't even is, the first time. Yeah. That's ridiculous. <clears throat> I, was, but, I, was, okay. I was thinking that wouldn't have fl- flown today. Well, it and it wouldn't have to because yeah. how many content providers are there? Right. You know, you know all your news stations are going to cover that. I was yeah. going to say, I think that's why I'd be angry is because it'd be like, why is Fox Sports Midwest picking up the moon landing? <laughs> exactly right. I know. As we watch Sutton win a face-off. Yes. In the, uh, we're playing. <laughs> yes, this day in hockey history, 1986, the release of Youngblood, which I believe has uh, one and a half stars on Rotten Tomato. <laughs> is it really? It, it, is, is, it is very, very poorly rated. But for for a hockey fan, especially a hockey fan who grew up in the eighties, it is it's a classic. Yes. It, it's funny that it has one and a half star rating because it also has one and a half movie stars in it. Ah. Oh. Mm, wow, that was good and awful at the same time. That's that's mm-hmm. too soon. Way to go, too Hamilton. Soon. Yeah. yeah. Um, as uh, as Dean scores. His first goal. His first goal. His first goal as a Hamilton Mustang. From Sutton, I guess. And Sutton picked up the puck. There you go. Yeah. And then, in, you know, he, he's going to get benched and throw the puck in the garbage. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it becomes a bonding out. moment later in the movie. It's Very symbolic. It's, it's, it is beautiful writing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One uh, and a half stars worthy. You've seen Youngblood, right, Jeff? Oh, Stop no. it. All right. <laughs> Just stop. How can you have seen Youngblood not Slapshot? <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, 1968. Today in Blues history, 1968. St. Louis Blues set the then-franchise single-game record for goals in a, with a 9-4 to win versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. <clears throat> so that was uh, pretty early on in their uh, career. They had uh, nine I, goals. That's... I believe we know we know the record is what it is now, right? It's not ten, is it? Is it ten? It's. I believe it's ten against Detroit. Twice. Yeah, against Detroit. Uh, Detroit, and I remember back in the late '90s, they had a game against the Ottawa. They won like ten to two. Okay. Yeah. There. What year was this? The '68. There was a um, late '80s game against Winnipeg when they put up a ten spot too. Uh, well, this at the time. Right. Right. right, right this right, is at the right. time. So. Speaking of the Ottawa Senators, and you guys are going to know where I'm going with this, we met a gentleman last night that had one of the greatest jerseys I have ever seen in my life. Uh, he had an Ottawa Senators Pavel Dimitra 78 jersey. We saw that. We were at Center Ice Brewery, which, by the way, check them out off Olive, even though they're not a sponsor. Wonderful place to catch a game. Um, and a shuttle. And a, and a shuttle. Free shuttle that, too. that takes requests. <laughs> and has we, Celine we Dion ready to demand. go in queue. <laughs> when a certain <laughs> Jeff Ponder calls for it. 
I what I called for Celine Dion and something else, but they only played Celine Dion. I think they just uh, they... my favorite part was when that started playing. There was a guy in the back of the bus that just screamed the top of his lungs, "What the fuck is this shit?" <laughs> Sorry, buddy, that was me. Uh, but no, the gentleman uh, last night that we met wearing the Senators Demetra jersey. If you are listening, or if anyone that knows this man is listening, you are a great, great Blues fan, my friend. He caught uh, somebody gave him some crap and walked into the after the game was over. Walked in, somebody was like, "Oh, Ottawa jersey," oh. and he turns around and goes, "Look at the name on the back." He was like, "Oh, Demi- oh okay, you're yeah, right." <laughs> I mean, and, and he said too that he did wear that jersey to the Senators game, and he said so many people gave him trouble. He would have to just spin around and show them. Oh, that's a good jersey. <laughs> don't, don't always uh, don't always attack someone until you see the jersey on, on the back. I I once saw a guy wearing a um, a Detroit Red Wings jersey back when uh, Dallas Drake was on the team, and I remember somebody screaming at him, and he turned around and it was a signed Dallas Drake jersey from like his rookie year, and so it was like, okay, you know what? That's 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 not so bad. Not Dallas Drake. It wasn't Dallas Drake. It was um, Adam Oates. Oh, Adam wow. Oates. Big difference. <laughs> Big difference. I don't know why Drake popped in my mind. Huge. Uh, no, it was an Adam Oates Red Wings jersey, and the guy was like, oh, all right, well, you know, you get a pass there. Okay, don't, don't always shoot someone when you see their jersey. Make sure you see the name on the back first. Uh, since our last show, uh, the Blues have played, uh, Blues played two games, both 3-1 to one victories, uh, first one against uh, Colorado. Um, in St. Louis, uh, Colorado came into this game having lost to Montreal the game before, and that game snapped a 10-game win streak for Colorado, who had been hot. And what did I say? What did I say during the show? I said, you know what? They lost against Montreal. Um, I said, I said, we're, you know, we're going to win. And how many times you see it, a team rattles off a ton of wins in a row, and they lose three or four or five in a row. What have they done since? They've lost three in a row since. So uh, uh, as of tonight. They've lost three in a row since their 10-game win streak. Um, first period, uh, Stasny scored on the power play. Um, side then net, easy tap-in. And the second period, uh, Shen scored on the power play. Um, and uh, on a nice uh, nice wrist shot uh, through a screen as he curled up uh, from about the face-off dot. And... Um, Second period uh, was when uh, Colorado got their goal. They uh, Barbashev failed to clear the puck. Uh, shot was tipped. Can't. I mean, I know the Allen fans want to like just waiting for Hutton to fail. And when this goal was scored, I was like, ah, you know, you I'm and I, you know, I, I've said this before. I don't care. I just want to win. But uh, part of me, a little part of me, wants Hutton to just run away with this. And just stick it to the people that are just being stupid about goaltending. Um, but uh, he uh, uh, shot was he, shot was high. Hutton went up to to, to block it uh, to save make the save, and it was tipped down low, went off his pad, and then they just he was all kinds of holes open for the rebound. So uh, not his fault. Um, good deflection too, but uh, they scored on the rebound. Um, and third period, uh, Steen, who is a, is a master of empty nets lately. Tried to score on the empty net, uh, but uh, Bernier scrambled back into the net after almost going off for the extra attacker. And uh, Steen scored on a pass from Saboka, which that was that was one of the nicer goals I've seen the Blues score this year. That was, yeah. that was very nice. Nice yeah. two-on-one, nice pass by Saboka. 
and Steen. Uh, I mean, you can't. You see players practice the whole the whole saucer pass from from end board from a sideboard to sideboard before the games or in, or in warm ups or whatever. And this uh, that was textbook textbook saucer pass on his tape. Steen corralled it beautifully and let a wrist shot go real quick, and it was a fantastic goal. Yeah, we we spent a little bit of time during the Canadiens game. Saboka in the offensive zone on the power play because uh, he just doesn't have the hands that it takes. I mean, I, I'm not a Saboka hater. I think what he does defensively and even uh, even what he does uh, keeping the puck in the offensive zone uh, in terms of uh, you know forecheck, um, but offensively I can't stand him in big situations, which is why I'm not a fan of him on Tarasenko's line. But that pass was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, that whole time I'm thinking, okay, here comes a shot from Saboka, probably a poorly placed shot. Um, but uh, no, I mean, it was a beautiful pass, and, and Steen made no uh, – he didn't hesitate. One-timed her, and, and it was it was beautiful. Uh, before we continue, though, I do have an edit to make. Uh, received a message from Mr. STL Blues History himself. The Blues record is 11 goals. From February 26th, 26th, 1994, in an 11-1 win versus Ottawa. Yes. Nine different blue sport. Okay. So that was the game I was recalling, but it was 11 goals. Cool. Thank you, Mr. STL Blues History. Yes. Fact-checking us. Yes. Fa- like on the fly. State of the Union address. He needs to, uh, yeah, fact-check uh, <laughs> some of our president's uh, speeches. That'd be nice. <laughs> um, so we were two for three on the power play. Uh, which was a great sign. I I enjoyed this. This was a good game. I enjoyed this game. I I thought Colorado played really well. The Blues played really well. Um, I thought it was a, I thought it was a fantastic game to watch. Blues played well, got the win, earned it. Um, uh, Hutton was really good again. Fifty nine percent on the faceoffs we were, which is kind of a rarity nowadays for us. Yeah, teams just. Going into the uh, All Star break, the the playoff or uh, playoff, the face off work the Blues did it, it was just it had been atrocious. So yep. it, great to see that. And last night, uh, the Canadians were in town. The Canadians were in town to uh, to face the Blues uh, again. This one was uh, another three to one win. Uh, it was nineties night. Which I did you how did you know this was nineties night when you got tickets? I, yeah, I had I didn't did. I didn't even pay attention. I didn't know until like the day before. Oh, it's nineties night, right? I okay. I had seen the promos for it. And, no, I, you know, I, it wasn't it wasn't a buying point by right. by any means. Bonus were in town. Bonus, right? Yeah, it was bonus. Um, it, uh, from what it sounded like on on the Rizzuto show this morning, it sounded like nineties night was something they scheduled a while ago. And then the point takeover is something that happened far later. So the fact that those two coincided, it wasn't the same promotion. It was two different promotions, which is interesting. I guess they thought, well, these guys play 90s music on their show every now and then. I don't know. Again, just a, a strange night in terms of well, uh, in, in-game production. We talked about the 90s night the Blues did, that they did some cool stuff. Yeah, the the video montage before the game was, was just uh, all the all the greatest hits from the '90s. The, yeah, you know, here comes Shovel Day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how many old babies did we hear? You know, that that was awesome. I really enjoyed that part. And then all but, of a sudden, they went to they 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 fast forwarded literally to 
Right. Like to Jane modern. Schwartz. Yeah, I'm like, ah, no, yeah. keep playing the 90s stuff. We can watch these modern Hyundai highlights anytime. Play the 90s stuff, the montage. Keep that going. That was cool. Um, again, well, like I said to you guys, the thing that bothered me the most was it showed all the 90s stuff, and then they literally put on their like fast forward and like, you know, act like it was fast forwarding. They skipped right over the best era, the Eric Brewer era. <laughs> I knew you were going to complain That's what about I that. wanted to see. Mm. Mm. <laughs> you know, um, I'm. I don't have words. <clears throat> it's because it's the best part of Youngblood right now. Oh, right. So I, yeah, there may be some like dead air right now. <laughs> um. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the uh, oh, we have a tweet from. Get ready for this. Logan to Scott. Hell, Logan. Yeah. Oh, Logan. Logan is uh, alive and well, apparently, uh, who tweeted us. It's about our jersey conversation. It's just like my King's jersey. It's a Gretzky jersey, so don't judge a jersey till you see the name. Yeah. So, although Even, even if you're at a Blues-Kings game and somebody's wearing that jersey, do you give them trouble? A King... A, I think I think if if someone's wearing a Gretzky Blues jersey, I'm giving them trouble at the Blues game. <laughs> I don't know you why. Give, you would give trouble. You would give trouble to somebody wearing a Gretzky Blues jersey more than you would a Kings uh, Gretzky jersey. Yeah. I. Oh no. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't give them any. I wouldn't give them trouble. I, I don't. I'm not that kind of guy. But I would. I don't know why it is. Maybe I'm a bad person <laughs> with this. But I. Uh, you know. Uh, I have sour feelings about Gretzky with the Blues. I just the, the the whole that whole thing was awkward and sucked and and his and for that one play against Detroit in double overtime, the miss the misplay at center ice just wrote, I just why it, it, it why eats did me. this come up it, every it, show? It eats at me. I I just I don't know. Um, but uh, so I, I and the, so the Gretzky he played twenty some games with the Blues twenty six eight games whatever it is or thirty eight games I don't know. But it was, I, I just, yeah, I I don't know. I I always, I see a Gretzky Blues jersey. I'm like, ah, it reminds me of the time he mishandled the puck at Sunrise and gave it to Eisenman and Eisenman scored. <laughs> Every time. It's not, it's not, now we've, prop- guys, now we've properly covered the Eisenman goal for this show. Stop. <laughs> Quote Stop. Please. Stop bringing it up. It's never me. It's always Kurt. No, it was not me last time. Who was it last time? It was somebody else last time. It was me last time. All right, your turn next week, Jeff. Uh, no, no. I hate you guys. No, uh, the feeling is mutual. Uh, <laughs> no shots for the Blues for about the first 16-plus minutes of this game. Two minutes, 57 seconds to go in the first period yeah, so when, s- when they were officially given credit for their first shot. So 17 minutes. Shot on the, in, yeah. Right. There was, a sh- there was a shot on the board about 10 minutes in, and they took it away. <laughs> and then, yeah, with about... The Bronx uh, cheer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When uh, Bo Meester put that, le- that weak little wrister from the boards uh, <laughs> on goal, Bronx cheer from the crowd. But then by the end of the period, we had put up seven shots. We eight, right? eight shots, and and all of a sudden uh, at the end of the period, it's eleven shots to eight. We're we're down eleven shots to eight, and oh, that's semi-respectable. So you wouldn't even known that uh, watching Youngblood wouldn't even know, <laughs> wouldn't even, <laughs> wouldn't even known that uh, the Blues didn't get a shot for ninety-five uh, percent of that period. Uh, but second period, Barbashev's goal, uh, basically a one-on-three. I don't know, one-on-four. He was the uh, 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 was it uh, Tarasenko had just entered the zone behind him, but 
right? There was, was three KDNs between him and the goal, and used a uh, defenseman as a screen, and it was a, it was a good shot. Yeah, nice yeah. play shot. And picked the puck up at center ice, came in one on three, and yeah, beautiful screen mm-hmm. through the uh, legs of the defenseman and over Price's blocker. Yep. That that kind of alertness to just get that shot off and and get it through the defenseman. Those are the kind of plays that. The, the blue scouts saw when, when they drafted him, uh, I've seen tape of him playing in the juniors and playing in, in, in other uh, leagues. And that's the kind of shots he was making and, and working. And if that's something he can continue to do, he's going to stay with this team. I think mm-hmm. right now, if there's another trade, which, which we can get to, uh, we'll get to later. Uh, he might be the first guy to be sent down to make room if, if it's necessary. So if he can continue capitalizing on chances like that and and basically it wasn't there um he's gonna he's gonna be able to stay with this team it was his uh second goal of the season and uh Barbashev has whereas he, he's got uh two goals four assists for six points in uh 23 games played <clears throat> yeah and you know kind of to further jeff's point you know on Barbashev, we saw flashes of brilliance uh, when he first came up last year, and it seems to me that he's a he's a, a player that really has to have confidence in his game to be effective. And when he was first up last year, he had a great run. Mm-hmm. And then when they got to the playoffs, and uh, you know his role changed a little bit, he lost that confidence, and you know he was completely ineffective. And I think by and large, up until you know, recently he has been pretty ineffective. Uh, you know, he, his call up, I don't, I don't know how he was doing in the minors. I don't know if it was deserved, but they brought him up and, you know, that kind of felt like by necessity with, uh, you know, ineffectiveness of PRV and Scotty Upshaw getting benched. And, uh, but it seemed to me after he scored that goal last night, he was playing with, an extra step in his stride. He seemed to be playing with confidence and I'd love, I'd love for him to go into Boston tomorrow night and, you know, keep that, keep that confidence going. Uh, second period. Uh, we, we, uh, I, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't, uh, mention Bowmeister's nice block, uh, shot block. Yeah. Save <laughs> percentage 1000. Yeah. Um, and I complained that he took a really nice save away from Hutton. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which, because I've seen some people say, and uh, a lot of people actually, you know, it was, it was an open net, it was open net. No, it wasn't open net. Uh, Hutton was, he was sliding across. There's a chance he makes the save. So, I don't know. It would have been a, a really, really nice save had he, uh, had uh, Bowmeister not blocked it and Hutton made the save. But Oh, stop finding reasons to hate on Jay Bowmeister. Hey, uh, that's, 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 I, I have to because, uh. Well, no, that's your job. <laughs> it is my job. Uh, but no, I mean, I, I'll give credit where credit's due. That's the kind of, if he can keep making plays like that on the penalty kill, I'm fine with him staying out there. Um, it's just those types of plays. And he's never been a shot blocker, but you know, it, strong defensive plays like that are so few and far between for him right now. It'd be nice if he could pick that game back up a little bit and uh, uh, be a little bit more effective in the defensive zone. That's the kind of thing that happens to the Blues. The open net shot that's blocked by defenseman. That happens to us. We don't do that to the team. Uh, and a nice shout-out to Bill's shirt, the Ken Dryden mask. Mm. 
Nice. Beautiful. Mm. Very nice. Yes, uh, Hockey by Design. Um, it, if you don't follow them on Twitter, haven't been to their website, huge fan of it. They have a shop. Um, I got uh, got a few things from there uh, for Christmas. Okay. Um, I have a few prints that I need to put up in my office. Uh, one is a... Uh, uh, they're they're both goalie mask prints, you know, goalie goalie mask art fan. So I love it. I have a Curtis Joseph Blues nineties uh, mask. Trumpets, trumpets or dog? Uh, trumpets. Good. <laughs> and then, even though he's a Blackhawk, Murray Bannerman. Okay. The, yeah, the mask that he yeah. wore in the the mid to early, early the, the racist mask. Yes, <laughs> the racist mask. It's I. I absolutely think that is one the of blackface the, equivalent. <laughs> yes, I think that was one of the better designed masks of the early paint era. So yeah, check them out. Hockey by Design. It's at Hockey by Design on Twitter. Uh the uh, and so the Blues going into the third period were uh, up one nil. And uh, so Berglund scores in the power play, which uh, up until Berglund's goal, and I think we're all pretty much in agreement here that the Blues power play in this particular game, I know they had two goals in the previous game against the Avalanche and were looking better, but in this game, up until Berglund's goal, their power play looked awful. It was horrendous in this game. Well, and let's face it too that that Berglund's goal it, it didn't look like a power play goal. It was on the I rush. Mean, it was. It was on the rush. It was on the rush. Yeah. And and the Blues and back in uh, the the uh, why am I drawing a blank here? Coach before Hitchcock, Davis Payne. Payne. Back in the Davis Payne era, that's kind of how they scored their power play goals too. And you know they'd have two or three a game, and people would get excited. It's like, but those that's a play you score on the rush. That that has nothing to do with them having the man advantage. Right. And it's the same with this one. I mean, I'm not trying to take away from Berglund making a nice play on that, uh, as you called it last night, Kurt. Wickenheiser like um, <laughs> it was. Yeah, it, it was. And it was a you know, it was just a, it was a nice uh, follow up play by him. But at the same time, we need to see that movement. We need to see Tarasenko getting open. We need to see shots from the point getting through. Um, and we're not seeing any of that right now. And and I don't. We've talked about this before. Under Mike Yo, even with the Minnesota Wild, you never see that from the power play. Something needs to change. Whether somebody gets hired or there's a personnel change in terms of who's on the power play, something has to change because you can't go in the playoffs with such a lackluster power play. No, it was it was bad. There was uh, the the communication didn't seem to be there at all. Uh, the passes were getting knocked down, blocked. Um, fanned on it was it looked like it looked like we were out there trying to run the power trying to uh make plays in the power play it was it was awful um and i and i was it was so i mean i don't think i've ever been so frustrated at a power play a a number of power plays when i was at a game i think it was probably because the power play has been terrible this year and i was just i'm getting tired of it (laughs) to see it in live in person was uh extra frustrating so, but uh, anyhow, yeah. yeah, I mean, we've bitched about the power play for how many weeks? You know, it, it it's all season. They've it it's it's been pretty bad, and I think it, what it comes down to on the ice is they don't move the puck quick enough. There's way too much hesitation, no crisp passing, and bad puck handling. 
I mean, it just it. I think bad decision making. Yeah, they just, they just yeah, uh, and that comes from coaching, yeah. where players are and what you're supposed to be doing with the puck, um, and the game, the whole the general game plan of the power play. If players are making bad decisions or indecisive, um, to me that's coaching. To me, that's like they they don't know where the the players aren't where they're supposed to be or where they should be, and uh, or players don't know where other players are and. There's hesitation and there are bad decisions. And last night, especially, last night was was worse than I've seen in other games. I thought, but yeah, I, the thing that, that bugs me the most about the power play. I mean, once they're in the zone, it's atrocious. But their break-ins on the power play are laughable. I mean, they it's like they forget how to move the puck, and teams have figured it out. You you send in your two forwards and not really like forecheck, but Stand at the blue line and just kind of wave your stick, and you're probably going to block the pass, or there's going to be a bad pass to an open wing. I mean, it's it's laughable how bad it is, and and it, maybe it's more noticeable when you're at the game because I saw it a lot last night. But I mean, they don't even know how to break in the zone when they have the puck on the power play. They, like I said, there's a twice I can think of, and I think they're not to pick on them. I think they were both on Petrangelo, where he was starting to skate the puck up. And then he would just dump it to the far boards, thinking his defenseman's there, but whoever was on the point with him was already skating up with the play. So he's just dumping it back to an open wing. And again, if if other teams are figuring this out, send a guy over there. Wait for that puck to be dumped to you because it's probably going to happen. On Berglund's power play goal, uh, that was really created by Thompson, Tage Thompson, who uh, worked down, got the shot high, Price fought it off, and then Berglund scored on the rebound. So uh, I would credit, uh, you know, uh, you know Thompson got the assist, obviously, but he he really created that goal. Uh, that was a hard earned assist. Yeah, he's right now. Tage Thompson is probably the best one on one player the Blues have. He makes other players look like makes the defensive team just look terrible. It, it toe drags a lot. Is big enough to protect the puck and is learning how to play that kind of game and he he looks great he i i hope that he stays up the rest of this year and well i hope he never goes down at this point i mean he's there's so much good about his game and you know i think start putting the puck in the net a little bit more um but god he looked great last night you know i think we we kind of glanced over it uh last show i wanted was it uh the Ottawa game where he had those three one timers all right in a row. Yeah. Oh, uh, that was he was he, he was on the far boards and I mean they just slid him the puck and every time he just wound up, boom, got him the puck back, boom, and three right in a row. That's the kind of stuff maybe not that exact play, but that's the kind of stuff Tarasenko was doing when he first came in the league and why he was so successful. And again, I'm not trying to pick on Tarasenko, but that's what you want from your sniper. You want him firing the puck any chance he gets. And right now, Tage Thompson's doing that. And you've got to love that because a lot of these kids come into the league, and, I mean, we see it still with Barbashev. They they overthink. They try to, to find the perfect pass because they don't want to seem like the selfish player that's shooting. Be selfish, especially on this team right now who's struggling for goals. Just shoot the damn puck. And that's exactly what Tage Thompson's doing everything he's done since his last call up. Uh, so the Blues are up 2-0 in the third period and uh, fast forward to Preco's 
five-minute major uh, against Paul Byron. No further discipline by the league on this, not even hearing. So uh, we w- when we saw this live last night, um, we we were all like, oh, God, that's a suspension. Holy crap. And uh, getting back and looking at the replay here at home, I probably watched it 20 times. And I'm trying to figure out how... I mean, we we talked about why it probably is, but but that is a dangerous play and unparecho like. That's not something that he's he's not a overly physical player at all. Um, right. But uh, I, 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 it's not something you see from him, so it's kind of I was kind of shocked to see that. But uh, yeah, that was a bad bad decision on his part to do that um, at that spot on the ice, and uh, he's lucky that he wasn't hurt, that Byron wasn't hurt, and uh, that Preco would probably be suspended if he was. There was an injury there. Yeah, uh, agree. Guys, we, we got to stop agreeing on everything. Yeah, yeah. We we that? do we we do need a little bit of argument here, but <laughs> no. The um, you know, the I guess for argument's sake, Byron is probably the fastest guy in the league, maybe next to Connor McDavid. Used to be. Now he's hurt. Oh no, he's not, not, not hurt. But, right. You know. if, if, right. <laughs> So things happen quickly on the ice, and it was it was kind of a split second play, but Pareko extending the arm and pushing him totally deserved a five minute. Yep. And I, you know, I think the really it's worked out as best as it possibly can. That you know it was two minutes thirty four seconds to go, so he served more than half of his <laughs> just barely. <laughs> right, he served just more than half of his major penalty, and there was no injury. He's Montreal a, scored on the on the right uh, man advantage too, so that's right. Despite the Blues, really, uh, you know, that I think it, we'll we'll touch on that in a minute. But um, the yeah, Montreal capitalized on it. Pareko's not a you know this is his first time of being quite you know having a questionable hit. So. When yeah. when it came out today, no supplemental discipline. I thought that was exactly how it should have played out. Um, but uh, going back to uh, to the Montreal goal, uh, the Blues, you know, uh, challenged the play for goaltender interference. And I, I I don't, you know, I think at that point it's it's the same thing as using your timeout, you know. But you're you're kind of throwing a bone to Carter Hutton, saying, hey, you played your ass off. And, uh, you know, we got into this bad situation at the end of the game, give a goal. We'll see if we can get it back for you. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, we're going to take a timeout. So, you, you know, that it, it, it was, uh, uh, you know, I, I think it was a tactical thing. It didn't yeah, really matter. You I know, it's too. the end of the game. Right. I do too. Let me, let me, let me uh, rewind before the, uh, the Houdon goal. Um, I, uh, I mentioned this on Twitter uh, when it happened, but the Blues empty net goal. Um, or wait, I guess this was after. This was after their goal, correct? What's that? Or there, the empty net goal. The empty net goal came before yeah. Udon. Right. Before. It was 3 nothing at one right. point. Yeah. It was two, yeah, that's right. Okay. So, um, yeah, so it's 2 nothing, and uh, they, they pull the goalie, which, fine. You got a, 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 one, you got a, a penalty against the Blues. Five minute major, pull the goalie. I get that. Pull them even if there's three minutes left. If you have to, you're down two goals. But the timing was awful, and, and I know we all talked about it. The game, the three of us. Um, I don't get that. I don't get. I don't get pulling the goalie. And if anyone's listening, 
that agreed with uh, um, Claude Julien pulling his goalie at that point. That was a bad call. The, they, they were breaking out of their zone. Actually, uh, Price was already at the blue line at like the faceoff, which is fine. I get that. But then the puck goes down. They carry it out. Goalie starts to come off. Why, you've got two extra men. Give it an extra eight seconds to where you can set up in the zone and make sure that you have possession of the puck. They didn't do that. They pulled Price right away. And it cost him. Uh, yep. Alexander Steen just uh, empty net king. He summoning his inner David Backus and scores the empty net goal. And uh, I, I turned to you guys at that point. And I said, if I'm if if I'm Mark Bergevin, who is on the hot seat already, I'm firing Claude Julien right there. I mean, that is an awful well, call by a coach. I agree, and I and because uh, when I saw Price leave the goal, I'm like. The puck was still deep in Montreal's end, and and they passed the puck up. I'm like, ah, that's. I mean, I mean, you. I guess on one hand, you got to gamble. You're down by two with a you know two plus minutes to go, but on the other hand, you you really should get the puck at least dump it in and then change uh, and then uh, 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 pull your goalie. But Patchetti misplayed uh, the puck at center. Or it was in the skates, one of the two, um, and it was just and turned over and Steen took it and uh, and scored. But uh, yeah, I, I, that, that was a, I did not like that goalie pull at that particular moment either. That was, uh, that was not, not good. Right now, terrible sequence for Montreal. The, you know, prices go to the bench while they're still, you know, they, they took the puck behind the net, behind their own net while price was skating off. And that's not something you see often. Um, and yeah, I agree with the, uh, the points about, you know, wait until you get set up in the the offensive zone. You've got the man advantage. No, no reason to do that. Um, I will. You know, as, as we uh, talked about last night at the game, I don't think that you know, I, Jeff, you made the point about uh, Ju- you know, if you're Bergevin, you fire Julian uh, right then and there. Um, at, at this point, I don't know that Bergevin has enough rope to fire Julianne on his own. And I think it's going to wind up being, you know, if, if they completely shit the bed on this road trip, um, it could be the end for both of them. You know, it, it's, uh, you know, Bergevin has, has done just a terrible job. Uh, you know, just so, so you clean house, you get rid of Julianne, Bergevin and patch ready. And <laughs> who else, who else can you get rid of? Um, Carry Price, Price. To the Blues, E five, E five. Whoa, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, this is. I, it wouldn't shock me as a Canadians fan. I, I would hate it, but it would not shock me to see Price's contract move because those are some big numbers after this year. Ten and a half million per year through twenty twenty two. And if you're rebuilding, if you're rebuilding, you know it, yeah. what you know. It, are you going to wind up with another Rick DiPietro on your hands mm. goalie with a lifetime contract who just doesn't want to play and is, is, uh, you know, injured now. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, um, so I do want to say that when, when I, when I tweeted that out, I got a pretty good response. I don't think I told you guys about it. Uh, Drew underscore steel on Twitter. Uh, that's S T I E H L responded with, if I'm Julian, I'm firing Bergevin for giving me that roster. <laughs> <laughs> mm, I don't think it works that way, but I get it. I, I like it. So either. I like it. It's a good joke, though. Yes. Topical. Uh, so uh, on Houdon's goal, uh, we all talked about this at the game. Uh, 
Saboka had the puck on a stick at the top of the crease and uh, decided to try and make a pass uh, up the middle or, or clear up the middle instead of just getting it out of the vicinity. And so he uh, had it, pulled it back one way, looked up, and it got poked away by, I think it was um, uh, uh, Gallagher. Yeah. Got the assist. And then on, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, and yes, to answer uh, answer your friend Amy's question, yes, Gallagher is always such a shithead. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I responded to it. I was like, yes, he, he is always uh, a pest. Uh, I can't on stand that, that guy. Uh, on that goal, um, and, and this is just, and you guys are probably the same, my relationship with Saboka, he, we talked about it already. He made that pass last game, and I'm <laughs> like, that was nice. That's, that's a great play by Saboka. And throughout the game, Though he plays it, oh, it's a great clear by Saboka. That's a good block by Saboka. But then he does something like that. And and mm-hmm. Bill, you already mentioned it. At this point, you're playing for your goal. You got to get him the shutout at this point. I mean, you're so close. He's played so well. He kept you in it early when you weren't getting shots. You just got to get the puck out. I don't care if you're icing it. Uh, don't play with the puck in your own zone. Well, they it didn't and, matter if they iced it because they were shorthanded. That's oh, that's true. It's a good point. So yeah, ice the damn puck. <laughs> get rid of it. Do whatever you can to get the puck out. Yeah. And the fact that he didn't do it right away, right. that There's, just shows that, that he's the, not using his head and thinking, what's the best thing to do for my goalie right now? Right. You do not try to handle the puck in front of the net. No. You just get rid of it. You sweet I mean, you, it's it's on your blade, it's on your stick, it's off your stick. You can't you can't try and pull it. You're, you're it's not like you're thirty foot, you know, it's not like you're at the top of the circle. Uh, you're at the top of the crease. You're right on top of the goalie. You get the puck out of there. I don't care if it's clear into the sideboards, clear into the point, uh, the middle. I don't care where it is. Wherever your stick is facing, you get that puck, you just sweep it out of there. And he didn't do that. So, uh, And that cost the Booze a goal because Gallagher poked it away, and then uh, Houdon scored uh, uh, on a little floater, a little partial fan flipper over uh, over Hutton. So. Um, Blues, uh, we talked about the Blues power play. Uh, we were outshot by Montreal 34-31, to 31, which is a fantastic number considering we are outshot 11 to nothing before we got our first shot on goal. Um, essentially, we had 31 shots in two periods of play, two periods plus three minutes. <laughs> um, and Bowmeister gets a third star. How about that? Huh? Did you see that? Yeah. For the block <laughs> shot. <laughs> you know, For the block shot. They, uh, they always say that the three stars are voted on by the media. I was in the media for two and a half years, and I never got to vote on that damn thing. <laughs> so I'm asking, who the hell votes on it? And I've spoken to multiple people in the media, and they're like, oh, yeah, I've never had a vote for that. So to me, basically... and I know I'm completely being a conspiracy theorist here. Hmm, Bowmeister, third star. Hey, league, Jay Bowmeister was a third star, and he didn't even get a point in the game. Who wants to give us John Tavares? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bowmeister, Cairo, and a first-round draft pick. Um, so speaking of which, uh, the uh, there have been some rumors uh, that have popped up today about uh, some folks saying that uh, Tavares might be uh, the possibility of him being traded or since he's a free agent, he might, might leave in the offseason. Some people are speculating that. Um, so didn't this, uh, 
this isn't just your regular run-of-the-mill Twitter rumor that you know somebody made up and threw out there, right? Isn't this the source of uh, the speculation? Craig Custance Craig from Co- yeah. uh, the Athletic. Craig Custance uh, speculates that the Blues are in a holding pattern with a trade due to the, uh, so uh, to, due to the John Tavares pending free agent situation. So, meaning that the Blues are uh, would probably only, according to Mister Custance would at the deadline would only acquire someone as a rental um, and would not want to uh, tie up salary in somebody long term because they want might want to go after uh, Tavares which which and and actually Rutherford Jim Rutherford uh, wrote uh, the same kind of thing today um, so I I have a hard time believing that because the Blues track record the history with uh, signing free agents in their prime but Tavares is 26 years old um, he's gonna cash in big time, mm-hmm. um, and we're talking like twelve plus million dollars a year. Um, I, I, I can't, I can't see the Blues signing someone for that much money. I, I don't, I don't get that. I don't. I mean, I would love to trade for the guy, not as a rental. Um, I, if you could, if you could, you know, trade for him and convince him to sign for ten million. I don't know. I think that's a really good deal for him, but. Even that much money—that's a lot of money. Um, they'd have it if you let Stasny, um, you know, walk and and uh, uh, you know move a, move another contract or whatever. But I think I, I don't see the Blues signing Tavares as a free agent because they've never, ever, 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 ever signed a free agent, a big name free agent like a superstar in their prime. Not that there's a ton out there ever, but I just count Stasny, who was in his prime, but. That didn't really work out too well. Right. <laughs> so, right. and and Stassi's a great player, but I wouldn't put him in in the superstar, superstar category. Right. He was the guy. He was the guy. A lot of teams wanted. A lot of teams wanted him. I should I should rephrase. A lot of teams wanted this guy, and he was one of the best, like the best guy available that offseason, was he not? Or one of the best. So I think the Blues getting him was a big deal. Um, his ties to St. Louis helped a lot with that, but. Uh, I don't know. I, I I would be shocked if the Blues were able to sign Tavares as a free agent in the offseason. See, I, I if they trade for him, I would uh, I would hope that Doug Armstrong says, "Okay, we got the trade worked out. Before this is official, let me speak to John and make sure that he's even interested in signing here." Um, cuz if he's not, if this is purely a rental situation, I don't care if you're only giving up a fourth round pick for him. Uh, I don't want somebody coming in and disrupting this chemistry. If all you're going to do is say, well, this is the year, this is the year we're going for it this year. We're not going to resign this guy. It's, it's not worth the potential hazard you could cause. Not that this team is scoring a bunch of goals right now, but, and I said this to you guys earlier when we were discussing it, that teams rarely, rarely go and get a superstar even borderline elite player at the trade deadline and then go on and do great things in the playoffs uh the last one i thought of earlier was jeff carter with the kings but kurt you brought up the point well he stayed they ended up re-signing him and he stayed with the team so if that happens yeah i'm fine with them getting john Tavares. i in fact i'd love it but if he's only going to be here for a Wayne Gretzky situation, I don't want him at all. Like I said, even if it's a low, buy, uh, a buy low trade, 
I don't want to the risk of disrupting chemistry for for a guy stepping in on your top line and then maybe maybe there's a chance you're pissing off your top line center right now who by the way was an all-star I just I don't want that unless the plan is long term we're going to sign John for five six seven eight years after this and then it's like okay well that way if it doesn't work out this year and the year after and their window is still open but if you bring them in now as a rental at this late in the season i am not yeah. a fan of it you wouldn't the, you wouldn't want uh uh tavares for patrice tardif and roman volpot and <laughs> was it a draft craig johnson craig johnson yeah yeah you wouldn't want that you wouldn't want him for that <laughs> uh unless we can throw in some cash too um, yeah uh, for those yeah. that know, that's that's what we get up for Gretzky, which yeah. seems like nothing now, <laughs> absolutely nothing. Right. The the all three guys that came up and had great initial impressions and uh, helped that we played the Kings a couple of times early on that year. <laughs> um, but I I think the only only scenario uh, by which you see Tavares come here uh, is if Stasny's going the other way. And, you know, in terms of the uh, the chemistry disruption there, um, I mean, I, I think that would, you know, that could have the has the potential of uh, upsetting the locker room. But, um, you know, I uh, the Blues have, have never been a team to to declare first, second, first or second line. They have the top two lines and wherever Tarasenko is people consider that the first line and you know right now if he's not playing with Shen and and Schwartz you know you you really have two top lines so well and the way i see it too is is i don't i'm completely again speculating nobody knows this yet but i don't see Tarasenko and and Tavares having good chemistry uh yeah Tavares is a heck of a player and again i would love to have him but I think Tavares, if there's a player in the league that is a pass-first and shoot-first player, I, I think it's John Tavares. And I think why Shen and Tarasenko worked out so well, well, maybe not Shen, but why Schwartz and Tarasenko work out so well is because Schwartz is looking for Tarasenko at all times. Um. So do... Is, in your opinion, uh, from, I mean, not that we have inside information or anything, but would, would you say that uh, you think Tavares would be moved? Uh, I don't know. That's a tough question. Um, right now, what, where are the Islanders at in the playoff race? They're a point out, I think, okay. of the, of so the wild card. And uh, I think, and, and I, I think a lot of people are overlooking the fact, not only does Tavares, I think, want to go to a winner, but look at the situation the Islanders are in right now. They, I mean, they got 12 games next year that home games, they're going to be played back in Nassau. They don't, to me, really have a home right now. And that's something Tavares told them long ago was, I need to know what our future is before I sign here. And to me, it's still pretty unclear. So Man, I think they've... that he might even go to them and say, listen, you still haven't figured this out. You've had a whole season. Right. Either I'm gonna walk, or you guys need to trade me. And yeah, no, I so thought the I, 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 I thought the possible. arena thing was worked out. Now they're is they're, it officially worked? Yeah, out? I thought they're. Uh, I work with a, a couple of New York people, and um, uh, they were talking. It sounds like the uh, the Belmont Belmont Park 
thing has is uh, what they're going with. Okay. Well, oh, that's right. The the development purchase. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Well, I mean, maybe maybe that is a situation then that he'll he'll like. But at the same time, they have to be able to afford him. They uh, the owner has to pony up the dough, and um, I mean, we'll see. But I I do think it's a possibility. Garth Snow's done crazier things. <laughs> Uh, I went ahead and opened up the show for listeners, so anybody wants to uh, jump on and uh, say something quick, uh, give your two cents about uh, Tavares or the the game last night or whatever, uh, just make it quick. Um, the uh, up next for the Blues tomorrow at Boston. Uh, oh, you can at letsgoblues.com slash radio is where you go to, uh, to join us. Click on the link. Uh, tomorrow at Boston. Boston is 7-1-2 in the last 10, and uh, they have allowed the fewest goals in the NHL. And so, are without their top-line left winger. Without Marchand, yeah. So, since under suspension. Um, Although he's allowed to play in the All-Star game. Right. Uh, That's for the tell fans. Tell me that makes sense. It's for the They're fans. They're suspend right. players for not going to the All-Star game, but suspended players can play in the All-Star game. That don't <clears> make no it's, sense. It's, it, well, it it does kind of make sense. Uh, uh, on uh, Puck Soup last week, they were talking about it um, that players really look at uh, having to go to the All Star Game as a punishment. So, <laughs> kind of makes sense. <laughs> so, uh, I, the Blues are are you know they're they're playing better. I don't. I still don't think they are where they should be uh, offensively by any means, but. Uh, It'll be interesting. I think goals might be hard to come by for the Blues tomorrow. So uh, hopefully uh, it's a low-scoring game that we can pull out. Um, I know we talked last night, and Bill, I think it was you that said that if we can get uh, on this road trip. Right, three points out of the two-game trip. Yeah, if we can get yeah. if we can get at least a point tomorrow and then uh, two points in Buffalo, which sh- we should get two points in Buffalo. You're not supposed to lose to Buffalo. Um, then I think that's a, it's a good trip. So hopefully, and if you win tomorrow, then then you demand four. So. Um, St. Louis Blues social media fails um, from the St. Louis Blues Lounge. You want to take the first one there, Kurt? Uh, yeah, I'll take the first one. So this is uh, in a discussion concerning Allen and Hutton. Uh, from Jacob Becker. I'm so glad someone finally said this. For the love of God, some of you guys don't understand how this works. Allen is paid to be a starter. For you guys saying, ah, he's not good anymore, let's just throw out his starter-level contract. You're wrong. Not starting him at this point is what is going to hurt him. It'll destroy his morale and can you continue to challenge him. And now, what is this? Trade Allen? You people are nuts. Price isn't our answer, and we need to be behind every player if we're going to win a cup. <laughs> That's the biggest load of garbage. <laughs> we can only support our own players. Not uh, if somebody else comes in, they're not our player. Yeah. But, oh, but, but, but once they're here, that's okay, and they're our player again. So it's like there's a disconnect there. It's like, uh, we can't support anybody else, but then you know he doesn't realize that once they get here, then they're our player. And also, um, if Jake Allen can't handle um, uh, being the backup for t- the time being, uh, then he's got problems that I don't want on this team. <laughs> if that's going to screw him up mentally, then no, I, I, that's that's a problem. That's that's not yeah, a good. Everything, and if you all need to rewind it, if you're listening to the recorded version, go ahead. Every sentence this guy says, I start to lose him more. It's the weirdest <laughs> thing. You know, when he starts, I'm like, eh, okay, you know, yeah, people are complaining about the goalies. 
Okay, a little. Alan's paid to be the starter. I kind of get where he's coming from. And then the more it goes on, it's just, oh my god, this guy's a moron. You know what? The, the whole paid to be a starter thing is a bunch of crap. Because, oh, we paid this guy to be the starter, so he's got to be the starter. Baloney. No, uh-uh. Uh, if, he, if, if your backup is severely outplaying your starter, then you play your backup because you want to win games. That's the way it goes. I mean, I'm not saying Allen's going to lose us those games that Hutton won, but we're winning with Hutton and Nett, and he's playing very well. Uh, best in the league, actually. Um, and if he continues to be our goalie and put up these numbers the rest of the way, he might win the best if he can get enough starts. <laughs> so, Jacob, Jacob, let me go ahead and apologize. You don't, you don't think so? What, what, Hutton? Yeah. Hutton win the best? Yeah. No, it, it's, it's, well. He's got to get the starts. He's got to get the starts, and best left, he's got to fall off, but. Yeah, it's well, he's, he's he is. Well, here's the deal: Vasilevsky is behind the team that's playing amazing in front of him. Right, Hutton is not. Right, so that that's that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, but and East Coast bias. Still, Vasilevsky's already won the best. Number. Hutton's got Hutton's got him on numbers though. If Hutton is For the number one save, save percentage and goals against average, he's got well not wins. Not well, no, not wins and play the games. But if he continues to be the starter, he'll get enough games to qualify for it or to be considered for it. He should. I think. You don't think so, Jeff? No, no, he's he'll qualify, but I think at most what you get is a Devin Dugnik situation for when he joined the Wild. They got him the nomination, but there's no way in hell he was going to win that year. I think it'd be the same thing for Hutton. Yeah. He'd get a nomination, but the voters would never let him win that with his little games. Yeah. Compared to the other goalies. Yeah, Dugnik only played half the season that year. Yeah, well, I get it, but... Uh, well, I guess he played in Phoenix before, but being nominated is right. would be a huge deal. Anyway. Right? No, it would be. And I mean, come on! Right now, Carter Hutton is the Blues' best goalie. I don't care. I, I don't give a damn about a starter jacket. Yeah, who cares? Even much on nineties night, I don't care about starter jackets. <laughs> ah, ah. You know, that's that's not even something I was considering. He if he is nominated for Vezina. And he's becoming a free agent. He is really forcing the Blues' hand. Yep. Yeah. And uh, and, and I, let me let me clarify. Give the too. Blues Jacob, track record. You're not, a mor- you're not a moron, Jacob. I'm sorry for what I said. I don't <laughs> like your comments. <laughs> yeah. That's what I meant to say. Well, uh, back back to the Hutton discussion. Uh, you know, when you say forcing the Blues' hand, given the Blues' track record with goaltending, yeah. They're going to make the wrong decision. <laughs> regardless <laughs> regardless of what decision they make, it's going to turn out to be the wrong one. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I have that bad feeling. Uh, you want to take the next one, Jeff? Sure. Uh, this is from uh, uh, current Anaheim Ducks winger, TJ Brown. Right? <laughs> That's JT Brown. That's JT. <laughs> JT Brown. No, this is, this is uh, TJ Brown from the St. Louis Blues Lounge. Okay, this is TJ Brown. This is uh, JT Brown's cousin. Uh, he says... Can we get uh ooh, can we get at twenty to thirty goal score? He takes Barbie's spot. Barbie will have way more chances on fourth line, more open ice. That will help Tarasenko as well. I yeah. Okay. I I fa- I, fa- I fail to see how putting uh Barbashev on the fourth line would give him more scoring opportunities. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. No, putting putting, uh, a, putting a, because, put, that we've always complained about that. Actually, that sticking a guy like bringing a, a talented kid up 
who could be a top six guy, and you stick him on the fourth line. Right. And it's like, what are you doing on there? He's not going to get. He, he's not going to. He can't. He's not, those aren't playmakers. He's, he's, yeah. Right. I don't. Maybe. Maybe he's saying that he would be a a, a better fourth line player than uh, Yaskin. Um, I I kind of like Yaskin there now. I uh, well, Yaskin's got the body for the fourth right. line. That's. Right. I mean, if you're if you're going with fourth line, if you're going for banging. A banging fourth line. Uh, Barbershop's not that guy. You, I mean, I think Yaskin's a good fourth line body type for that position. Yeah. So can I take the last one? Go right ahead. All right. <laughs> All right. And I'm going to point out why this is a social media fail. Okay. It's because he didn't include the hashtag. I know. He didn't. He didn't include the hashtag. So this also from TJ, not JT Brown. Bennington just won best goalie. Hello, Army. <laughs> okay, that's that's a statement, but you didn't hashtag it. What no Bennington? Why not Bennington? Why, Why not Bennington? Why not Bennington? Yeah. What no Bennington? I like no. that one too. <laughs> well, that, that's the uh, the what no Yager thing right. from uh, Puck Daddy. So why not Benny? Yeah. So apparently T.J. Brown he wants to put Barbashev on the fourth line. And acquire a 20 or 30 goal score for the first line. And then bring up Bennington. <laughs> hey, man, that's Woo! got Stanley Cup written all over it. It does. It does. That TJ Brown. And you know what? I'd be fine uh, with them giving Bennington another shot. I know that, that he did not impress his uh, one and a half games he played. I'd be fine with them giving another shot up here, but <laughs> if you're thinking he can start at this point, I mean, again, maybe that changes in a year, but. He's not an NHL starter yet. He's got what one and a half games under his belt. I want to know what he's what what we're supposed to do with either Hutton or Allen. <laughs> I mean, what do you do with that? What do you do with them when you, you no. bring up Bennington? No, the only way he comes up is if there's an injury, right? And if what? there's an injury, you know, if, if there's an injury to Hutton at this point, the season's screwed. So I'd say, you know what, just give it to uh, <laughs> give it to Bennington at that point. I well, why, why would you bring up Bennington over Huso? I don't, I don't get the whole. Yeah, you you wouldn't. I, I that doesn't make it. I, that makes no sense. We you know should... what they should do? Reacquire Ryan Miller. That's what they need. Five <laughs> percent. We we could 5%. we we could rename this segment to that don't make no sense. <laughs> that Blues fan said what? <laughs> uh, uh, we have a listener who has joined us whose name is in the uh, listed here as unknown. But well, it, we know who it is, unknown. I think we know who it is. It's it's uh, your list here is unknown, but uh, we know who this is. Oh, good. Uh, good. You figured it out. Andrew, right? Yeah, that's right. All right. How's it going, sir? Not too bad. Not too bad. Three weeks in a row. Uh, I'm not sure why we aren't uh, talking about trading for Tangelo. Oh, uh, yeah. But, you know. Yeah. Why? Well, it was covered ad nauseum in game time today. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, nothing, nothing's more fun than the hey, let's talk about uh, trading this guy and then put a little caveat at the end, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> let's waste so, some time. Let, let's give some background here. So, so earlier today, uh, you can follow him on Twitter. Bruce is the cat is uh, Andrew's uh, Twitter. A little plug there for you. Uh, he sent LGB Radio and myself uh, an article written on St. Louis Game Time by Mr. Jeff Jones. I'm sure people of this show probably follow Jeff. Uh, the title of the article is Three Modest Proposals Trading Alex Petrangelo. Um, and, and yeah, as Kurt said, he offers three options for the Blues to trade 
offers up the entire trade proposal. Uh, one to the New York Islanders, one of the Philadelphia Flyers, and one to the Ottawa Senators. And uh, basically then says at the very end of it, don't worry, though, it's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm writing this because I love fantasy, is basically what he's saying. So, uh, Andrew, your thoughts. Uh, well, when I when I initially saw the article and I saw the Islanders, I'm like, are you suggesting Petro for Tavares, or or what are we thinking here? But he didn't mention. I don't I don't think. Oh, no, he took a bunch of side players with it. So, um, if I'm gonna do something that insane, I better be getting Tavares long term, um, for that kind of thing. But obviously, why the hell would you trade Petro to begin with? Why would you even consider it? Well, you, you yeah, I don't, I don't know. He, he's making and Petro's contract is a good one. I don't, and it's not like it's a. Yes. It's it's not like it's a a strain. He's not overpaid. No, he, he's it's not like it's a strain he's, on the cap or anything. He's it's a good contract. It's a um a, a bargain contract, I guess. I mean, you you could say that. Um, and I don't they make, and he's playing very well. I don't know why you would actually uh joke about or you know fantasize about trading him. Why not fantasize about trading Berglund and Bowmeister in, in a package deal for somebody? That would be a, that'd be more fun. <laughs> Right. Yeah, and and let's really quick, uh, and Bill. I don't know if you had a chance to look at this or not, but let's go over the the, the trade proposals he makes real quick, and and we let's just glance over this because this is non news. Um, Islanders receive Alex Petrangelo. Blues receive Brock Nelson, Thomas Hickey, uh, Kiefer Kiefer Bellows, Kiefer Bellows, uh, Calgary's 2018 first round pick. And the Islanders 2018 second round pick. Uh Flyers trade. Flyers receive Alex Petrangelo. Blues receive Travis Konechny, uh, Scott Lofton, Carter Hart, St. Louis's 2018 first round pick, and then Philadelphia's 2019 second round pick. And then the Senators trade was the Senators receive Alex Petrangelo and Jordan Cairo. Blues receive Eric Carlson. Uh real quick, my thoughts this on all three ridiculous. trades. Ridiculous. One and two. Uh, those are rebuilding moves, uh, in my opinion, not retooling on the fly. So basically, if the Blues want to just throw in the towel and say, eh, let's just give up on the next three years, you make those two moves. Uh, that's not going to happen, so bad proposals. Three is an absolute right. grease fire of a trade proposal. <laughs> right. uh, and... I, I would take Petrangelo over Carlson yeah. any day of the week, yep. but you're also giving them Kairou. And keep in mind, even when Petrangelo's contract is up in a couple of years, he's probably not going to sign for as much as Carlson's going to sign for when he's a free agent. So really, all you're doing is adding to the salary cap, losing a prospect, and losing one of the better defensive defensemen in the NHL. I think he, I said all that in one breath. He We're did. Done. He did call <laughs> for me. Uh, Jones did call uh, Carlson the best defenseman in the NHL. Yeah. Carlson Carlson is like the guy that the press drools over. He's he's a a forward who plays defense and has enough speed to come back. Um, He, you know, the Blues announcers covered it, you know, during the uh, the two recent games against them. He he doesn't look like he's recovered from his uh, most recent injury um, from uh, last year's playoffs. Looks like he's lost a stride. Um, but I don't know. I, I think it's 
the fact that he disclosed in the in, in the article that that was the trade proposals that got him thinking about all of the possible <laughs> trade proposals, it, it's like you know, are you are you burying the lead with this? Uh, you know, why not just come out and say I want to trade for Eric Carlson? Because to me, that that as soon as I read that proposal, I'm like, that that's got to be what he was getting at the whole time, and and it it'll never happen. You know, Carlson's uh, defensive responsibilities have increased and he's played better defensively what the past couple of years but um he's still he's still not oh, here's the move by oh, dean young oh. oh kicks it back to the forehand you know it's actually uh, you Bar can down. To, to put pause in this conversation that that move is actually pretty badass uh, but, but considering right. the rest of the hockey scenes in the movie right. that one's pretty cool that's yeah. done well yeah um anyway when when Dean Youngblood scores on the <clears throat> penalty shot. So anyway, spoiler alert. Yeah. So Dean spoiler. Youngblood scores on the penalty shot with 0.3 seconds to go in the game. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, Carlson has gotten better defensively, but uh, I don't care uh, how many Norris trophies he has. He's not the best defenseman in the league. Yeah. I mean, and this year, who who was it? I forgot who it was. Some guy on Twitter uh, who was like adamant when, when he was so pissed off when Petrangelo was getting all this early in the season when Petrangelo was putting up points, and he was getting all this Norris talk, and this guy just went off. Carlson's the best defenseman. Carlson, Carlson, Carlson. Uh, yeah, not this year, pal. Not even close. Sorry, I, I think we're we've been remiss to this point. The the climactic scene in the movie, the fight's about to happen. Who did they send out to replace Youngblood right. in the faceoff? Yeah, do you, do you know this, Jeff? In in Youngblood, if you know this, don't say. And we'll ask Andrew. Jeff, do you know this? At uh, the end, for the point three seconds, they're sending the guy for the faceoff. Oh, yeah. Who yep. do they? Who does Young? Who does Dean go back out there and take off the ice to take the faceoff? Who who's removed? I know this. You okay, Andrew, Andrew, do you know? I, I don't know. Have I you seen know. the movie? Have you seen Youngblood? I have not seen that. Okay, all right. Peter Zezel. Yes, so there are three now. Now, at this point in time, there are three people with blues connections to this movie. So you have Peter Zezel, you have Paul Cavallini, and you have Stevie Thomas, mm. who was an assistant coach here yeah, that's last right. year. That's right. So anyway, yeah, those who have not seen Youngblood, Peter Zezel uh, has a cameo. <clears throat> now the sword fighting, which never happens in hockey. Yeah, that's not yeah the sword fighting for the. Um, our next show, uh, I guess, is going to be Wednesday, February seventh, and uh, the Blues play every Tuesday in February as well. So I don't so think Center Ice Brewery. So I don't every think every Tuesday night. I don't think we'll be doing any shows on Tuesday this month, so it'll be on uh, Wednesdays. Um, so I know that does not work with a guy's schedule in Hawaii, but, uh, sorry guy. Um, but that's the way that's going to work. Um, yeah, sorry, guy. Hey, I'm not your guy, buddy. <laughs> uh, I'm not your buddy, guy. I'm not your friend. I'm not your friend, pal. <laughs> How do we not have this doubt? At this I don't point? know. He's, he's probably heard that before and he's probably sick of it. Yeah, I'm sure he is. Um, but yeah, if uh, if there's a Blues game on a Tuesday night, uh, every every Tuesday night during the month of every February? Tuesday during February, the Blues uh, play. Yeah, 
Well, yep, I, they play. Uh, yeah, they play. Um, next week is Minnesota on the sixth. Uh, the following Tuesday is Nashville. The following Tuesday is San Jose, and the following Tuesday is Minnesota. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, Tuesday nights, Center Ice Brewery. Come down and watch some hockey. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kern, anything else from you, my friend? Uh, no, I agreed with you on the Tavares thing. I'd, I'd like to have him, but uh, if we're going to have him, we need to have him long term. Yeah. And uh, I don't want Price. What's uh, what's John Tavares's Kansas City connection, Mister Kansas City? I don't know. What is it? The fact that their ECHL team is in Independence. That's the only. Oh, you're talking about the uh, <laughs> oh, that's right, the Mavericks. The Mavericks are their the ECHL team. Yep. 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 There is your John Tavares connection of the uh, night. <laughs> their new segment here on uh, Let's Go Blues Radio. Well, thank you, Andrew, for joining us. Appreciate it, as always. Uh, that will do it for Absolutely. this week's episode of Let's Go Blues Radio. Do not forget to check out the Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill in Maryland Heights, Missouri, and also uh, our friends at Sunrise Brewery in uh, it's Midtown, right? St. Louis, that's what it's called? Yeah, Midtown. it's Midtown. Yeah. Midtown, yeah. St. Louis. Next to Pappy's in uh, yep. Southern. Yep, next to Pappy's, right. So go there, uh, have, a, have a beer in the hockey-themed bar the blues hockey themed bar it's fantastic old arena bar wood is everywhere um old arena wood is everywhere in the bar <laughs> um have a beer or two or three and then uh take the free shuttle from centerized brewery to the game yeah and request celine dion on the return trip <laughs> right everyone will love you yeah right yeah. ponder yeah that happened. yeah no i hey man i got a lot of uh i got a lot of nothing <laughs> i yeah, for, for those wondering about the Celine Dion thing, last night we were on the shuttle coming home from the game, and I decided uh, we were playing some, some, I don't know, it was rap or R&B. It was, Nelly, it was Nelly for a while. It was Nelly, yeah. And then I just shouted like a fool, play some Celine Dion! And the very next song that came on was the... Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, stop, 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 stop. Yes, that's good. Enough. Right. I'll cut We've you, Mike. just lost all of our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> We still have Kern. That's all that matters. <laughs> uh, so, so don't request that because they will play it. Yeah, they will. Uh, request something else. Maybe uh, some uh, Stompin' Tom or something. That'd be kind of cool. There you go. Uh, for uh, Bill Day, Jeff Ponder, uh, I'm Kurt Price. That will conclude this week's broadcast of Let's Go Blues Radio. Uh, until next time, everyone, let's go blues. Let's go blues. Let's go blues. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. A look at sports. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. <laughs> Louis Blues. St. Louis Blues. Have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? only just begun, they're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The blues are on the ice tonight again. They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friend.